Get ready, golf lovers. The boys are teed up and ready to go. Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Thanks to Inside Golf. Welcome once again to Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. My name is Steve Anderson. Joining me once again, as per usual, on this very day is Larry Canning. Hello, Larry. Stevenson. Hello, my friend. And hello, listeners. Gee, there's always a stack of things going on in the world of golf, as you well know. Mm, yeah, yes, there is. Exactly that, Stephen. As we speak, um, well, as we... As we record our speak, <laughs> there are, there, we're in the, right in the middle of the uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs, of course, uh, where the rich get richer. In fact, the incredibly rich get incredibly, incredibly richer. Um, but on the other side of America, Steve, there is the Web.com Tour Finals, and I find this far more interesting. Save, I can sense your vitriol. But save that vitriol for your spit later in the program because we've got a few other things to get through before that. We're going to chat with one of your old mates, Mark Hayes, the media manager for Golf Australia. Um, Hayes, he's a terrific bloke. And sad news, since we last recorded uh, with the the passing of Jared Lyle, wasn't unexpected, unfortunately, mm. but um, a brave fight the bloke put up, really was. And few people probably knew him as well as, as Mark Hayes did. Yeah, good good friend. Um, uh, very close mate and his biographer um, too Stephen so yeah Mark knew him as well as anyone and it'll be fascinating listening to Mark and, and what's happened since Jared has passed well it's been quite extraordinary the way the uh, not only the, the world of golf but uh, the, the the world in general has has responded to uh, to Jared number one Jared's battle and, and then unfortunately his, his, his death but it's amazing the way it's brought people together and has people wanting to do stuff mm. to help the fight against cancer exactly people that have never met Jared yeah yeah it, and Hazy's got some uh, interesting stuff to talk about in that regard as well. Um, the World Cup of Golf is coming up. As you always tell me, this this event has had a, a bit of a mixed history. Yeah, well, it kind of it fell off the map completely there for a number of years, Steve. Australia's had a pretty good uh, history in. We've won it a few times, but uh, it's had all sorts of different formats. Um, the one that they currently use, I think, is the winner, and it's going to be it's going to go ahead in leaps and bounds now. Well, the the thing is, it brings some terrific golfers together on the one course, doesn't it? Yeah, but well, it's a team. It's a real team event this time. Yeah, we're yeah, going to talk more about uh, the World Cup of Golf coming to the Metropolitan Club in Melbourne in November, and we'll we'll chat with the executive director of that event, Robin Cooper, later in backspin. Uh, we're going to talk with a, a professional golfer named Damien Jordan, who has. A story that's unlike it any is, other. It is. It's a ripper, and he's a ripper of a bloke. Yeah, if anyone deserves success on, on in anything, particularly the, the Australian golf tour, which he's playing, um, it's him, Damien, a terrific guy, and a wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah, yeah, an ex-serviceman who served two tours of duty in the Middle East mm -hmm, yep, and Iraq. Uh, is now making his uh, his mark on the Australian PGA Tour. Yep. We'll, yeah. we'll talk with Damien as well. Too. He's a good player. Uh, you've got a tip. What's involved in the tip this week? It's this. It's speed, Stephen. Um, putting, making the ball go the right distance. That's it. This is a little snippet. And you're going to spit about the FedEx Cup, oh, I know. Oh, and there's another thing. Is this time I'm going to double spit this one. Listen, I need some water or something, Steve, because I might dehydrate. Listeners, there's vitriol all over the studio. I love that word. It's seeping through the walls. I think I wouldn't mind a set of those. A set of vitriol. Vitriol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their irons are fantastic. Beautiful forge. Little yeah. wedge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about the US Open very quickly. We US won't PGA. dwell too... Uh, so you, US, I, I wrote down the US Open, but of course the US PGA. We won't spend too much time on it, but uh, gee, it was a great event. I really liked that golf course. Yeah, Reef. yeah, yeah. It was, was presented beautifully. It was um, a little bit softer than they thought, so the score was a little bit lower, but yeah, a fantastic golf course. Beautiful looking, a very old looking course too, wasn't it? When the winner, Brooks Kepka. Wow, I mean, it, suddenly this guy's emerged. Well, he was always potentially a great player, but three majors in in just over 12 months, I mean, that's extraordinary. The guy is now a superstar. Um, unfortunately, Richard Fellner picked him, didn't he, to win, and we did, our, our blokes ran nowhere. Our old mate Richard Fellner, the editor of Inside Golf, yes. well done, Richard. Pat on the back to you. Um, just a gentle, Kepka, just a gentle one, he's lucky. Brooks Kepka, he, he is incredible under pressure, isn't he? Yeah, he's cool, isn't he? Well, he doesn't show it. He does not show it, yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, he looks like he could he could just pick pick up a bloke and just throw him over his, over his head into a hazard if he didn't like him, doesn't he? He's not the sort of guy I want to mess with. Uh, obviously, very strong character, very strong man. I mean, he's a huge unit. 
Have you seen his arms? Do you have yeah. Look at his, fo- his, his, his biceps and stuff. I measured them on the TV. I <laughs> had a little scale rule around. Gee, they're big. Yeah, yeah it looks like he's around for a while, Stevie. It looks yeah. like he's, he's, he's going to be a good player for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the other story, of course, was Tiger, uh, mm. who had a chance mm. chance at victory. But the, the crowd response, once again, we, we talk about it a lot, but the crowd response to Tiger is just extraordinary. Yeah, when he is. came off, um, final round, came off the 18th and he was making his way to the uh, scorer's shed, the, the the crowd reaction to him was unbelievable. Which is which is I find that fascinating, Steve. It's great, great for the game, great for Tiger. But there was a time ten years ago when he was possibly one of the most hated players on the tour, wasn't he? When he went through all that stuff, all that um, yeah, getting belted with a with a nine iron by his wife, <laughs> who apparently belted him five times. She, she only put four in the card, but it was five we counted. Um, but yeah, he's uh, now he's just the most loved and revered figure on the golf course, isn't he? Which yeah. is extraordinary. It's good, you know. 50, was it 59% or 60-odd percent higher TV ratings that week because of, of Tiger? And, when, you know, he's he's a force. Put that aside, how how good does his game look, though? Does look great, doesn't it? Yes. Just the odd missed tee yeah. shot still, which cost him the two on. He blocked into the right and, and trees. I think it was 14 or 15, and then hit his drive into the water on 17, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's close. Um, if he gets that right, even if he doesn't get that right, he can, he can win with a B game. He can win with a B-plus game. Mm. Uh, if he gets his A game, watch out. He's going to win. We keep saying it, he's going to win very soon. He's he's, only, he's playing a little bit more, Steve, now that he knows his back is uh, is going well and he can he can survive the, the rigours of that golf swing that he has. He's going to play a lot more next year, apparently, than he did, he has done over the, the last few years. Not not because he's, you know, when, he's, when he had the injuries and he couldn't play, but when he was playing... Way back in the ten years ago, he'd only ever play about sixteen or seventeen events. You have to play fifteen minimum over there to keep your your, your status. Um, but he's he's talking about playing a few more. So next year, you know, I've no doubt he's going to win. Watch out for the tiger. I think redemption's the word uh, you, the you're word? looking yes. for. Yeah, ten years ago, you know, down here. Mm. These days, the crowd love him. It's a redemption story, Larry. Must be over his sexual addiction. I've got no idea, and I'm not going there. Oh, We're going to move that on. Sounded a bit you, dirty. You, you, didn't say, I said you that. said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, listeners. Sorry, we might get sorry, bun- we might get old Buncey the button pusher to run the scissors through that one. What do you think? <laughs> this is Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf, we'll have more for you very soon. This is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Zexio Golf Clubs, let's talk about them, Larry. You may not know the name, XXIO, but these clubs are made for golfers. Made lightweight and they're meant to be easy to swing. That's what the mantra of Zexio is all about. Yeah, Steve, and I've I've been using a driver and I find exactly that, just as exactly like I said, easier to swing, get the ball out of the centre more often. Not for tour swing speeds, for your average for player. For me, for you, yes, and Andrew. You know, 95 miles per hour or less. What's yep. that in kilometres? Uh, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. But what you should do, if you're looking for a new uh, new whole set or the drivers are we talking about, what do you think? Oh, the whole set. The whole yeah, set. Yeah. Check out Zexio before you make a decision on your new set of clubs. Under the same umbrella as Srixen and Cleveland Golf, uh, number one club in Japan for 18 years, number one in Korea as well. They are premium made from the best unique titanium. That's all they use in the Zexio clubs. The shaft has the lowest resin and highest graphite content. And uh, they use a laser to line up the grip to get great feel. Each grip is weighted and balanced to the shaft and head. I mean, they put so much thought into this. Yeah, there's no clubs made with with the precision that these, these clubs are made. It's like when they're making these clubs, it's like you and me putting the show together, the thought and precision that goes into it. Seriously, though, they put a lot more time into these golf clubs. They really do. It's all about the technology. But at the end of the day, it's about how you can play with your Zexio clubs. If you'd like to find out more about Zexio clubs, go to zexio.com.au. XXIO. XXIO. Zexio. XXIO. Don't get confused. Mm, with anything else <laughs> xxio.com.au find a stockist at zexio.com.au The Backspin Interview, thanks to Inside Golf. Well, not long after we recorded our last episode of Backspin, the golf world was saddened by the death of one of its favourite sons, Jared Lyle. Sadly, it wasn't unexpected given Jared's long and courageous battle with cancer. But the the outpouring of support for Jared's young family from not only the golfing world, but the world in general since 
uh, has been quite amazing. A bloke who knew Jared better than most is his friend and biographer, Golf Australia media manager, Mark Hayes. And Mark's on the line now. Mark, hello. Welcome to Backspin once again. Thanks, Steve. Um, under sad circumstances that, that I'm speaking to you, but uh, um, hopefully in, in days and weeks and months ahead, we can start celebrating what was an amazing life, albeit way too short. Uh, we've got a lot of, lot of sombre notes and stories and things, and hopefully we'll turn our attention at some point soon towards the, the, the frivolity and the joy that Jared brought us. Yeah, some of those um, stories you're talking about, Mark, you, you were telling us a bit off air about some terrific things that have happened since in terms of supporting Jared, but also uh, what it's meaning to a lot of people that may not have even met the guy. It's nothing short of extraordinary, Larry, and it's not a necessarily a golf thing as Steve alluded to it it's much, it's much bigger it's it's touched the whole community not only even in Australia it's been worldwide we've been inundated on social media with requests for you know help us run this tournament how do we donate um, who do we talk to about getting involved with challenge and all the different aspects of Jared's life that are you know being brought to life um, in his in his absence are incredibly moving and, and inspiring I know the Titleist had put out a range of hats last week. They sold out in five minutes. It was extraordinary. Titleist also sent packs to Challenge, which I still think are available to every club around Australia. A $50 pack with four dozen golf balls and four caps, and they're going like hotcakes as clubs try to set up their own days to celebrate Jared's life and raise money for Challenge. Um, I know that I spoke to Titleist in the United States a couple of nights ago just to get um, a feel for permission about building or about printing another uh, range of those bucket caps, the yellow bucket caps mm. that Jared used to wear, and yeah. they're going to go like hotcakes in the United States. Uh, they've got that many back orders. It's incredible. And, you know, people are doing extraordinary things all over the country just to help out. And I'm sure that that will continue throughout the summer of golf. We're just talking about several different things we may or may not be able to do. And it's already started on the PGA Tour. All the pros going to be wearing yellow every day on the first day of each tournament on the Australasian PGA yeah, okay. Tour for the rest of the summer. So going to be you know an ongoing celebration of his life which is fantastic what was it about jared i mean put aside put his bravery to one side we know all about that we all admire what he did in in his short life but what was it about the bloke that really set him apart in your opinion i've been asked the question a few times and i I think the, the the best way i can respond is that he remembered everyone that he crossed paths with during his life he has had a happy knack of remembering faces and names stories behind people that he you know hadn't seen for quite a while and whether it was a head of state or right down the social scale to Larry Canning <laughs> he was had a really good knack of of um, being able to associate with everyone he met so it wasn't just that he was nice to prime ministers he was nice to everyone and i think everyone took him you know exactly as he was, and he responded in kind. He always had a laugh. He had a joke. He made everyone on the US PGA Tour, if you walk up and down the driving range, and you know, particularly you know, Larry, how sort of isolated those places can be when people are grinding away mm-hmm. at their profession. He stopped and joked with caddies. He stopped and joked with managers, with coaches, with players. And, and as he walked down the line, he had 80 interactions every time he walked down the, the line at the driving range. And, you know, that's a golf thing. But it happened in hospital wards too. He would mm. walk in and out of rooms and, and see kids' faces light up when they saw him and the amount of times he's done little clinics and given little coaching things or just sent a loop the duck head cover to someone and said, keep the fight going. And The amount of stories we've heard from kids who he's, who he's met uh, who were in trouble as young leukaemia sufferers uh, who are now thriving and based on the heroism or that they're hero worship of Jared is that that's probably the single most amazing thing there's a long answer Steve sorry about that (laughs) a a long answer but a a fine answer as well Mark Mark there's a uh, a beautiful piece written by Robert Allenby and and you don't you know usually associate beautiful pieces with Robert Allenby Robert can be a bit of a hard ass we know that he's but there's another side to the guy clearly that a lot of uh, the golfing public weren't aware. And uh, he's a very compassionate, very generous man. And the piece I'm talking about talked about um, Jared uh, when he was 17 years old. He asked 
uh, his um, people to get Robert Allenby to come and visit him. He was in hospital uh, with his first battle, and Robert came, and uh, and the first thing, I think the, the way I read it, the first thing Robert said, I, I, I remember your face, and Jared said, bullshit you do. And and it sort of started from that point, this incredible relationship between the two, mate, didn't it? Yeah. And uh, because Robert was his idol, the piece starts with Robert, or finishes with Robert now saying, that he from that point on, he was my idol, Jared was my, my idol. And it's just this gorgeous piece, and I think... It would it would be uh, fantastic for Australian golf fans who may not see this side of Robert Allenby to read that, and and that's the effect that that obviously Jared has had. And I think another example, Mark, was Bryson DeChambeau donating twenty five thousand to Jared. I think it was nearly the day he passed. I think, or or maybe a day before. And Bryson DeChambeau a couple of weeks before was throwing golf clubs around Scotland uh, on the practice fairway at Carnoustie, being an absolute <laughs> dick. Um, you know, and then, he, and then he, he he didn't shake hands with Richard McAvoy walking off the 18th green of the, the European Open, and he was he, he was being lambasted, wasn't he, by on social media? And then you know, like a, a couple of weeks later, he's donating twenty five thousand dollars to to Jared's family, and and I thought, now that guy might have been, I reckon he's been affected by what he saw by um, Jared Lyle, and now I think that might change this guy's character, and that's the sort of effect we're seeing that, that Jared has had on people, isn't it? Yeah. Uh- that's a long uh, question, I, Mark, isn't it? I was going to say that even made my answer short. Yeah, what I said actually when I was um, last speaking ten minutes ago was his actually it was two days ago. Yeah, now. <laughs> his, his ability to make kids' faces light up um, in hospitals and in golf clinics and wherever it was that he met around the world is exactly what happened to him when Robert Allenby walked into his world as a 17-year-old. And look, I'll have to stand on record and say I'm not Robert Allenby's biggest fan, and nor is he of me either, by the way. But uh, he has done a power of work for Challenge Cancer. He's raised nearly $30 million. Mm -hmm. And as it pertains to Jared, they had a bond like no other on tour. So, And I know this is an absolute fact. He, above everyone else, there's a lot of people who have said nice things about Jared and about the situation that his family confronts. Robert Allenby has checked in every day, if not every second day, since June with the family to see how things are going, and not just with Jared, but with his wife, Bryony, and mm. continues to do that off-Broadway, which, you know, to, I think, as I said, I'm not his biggest fan, but that's to his eternal credit. He's not just writing that story to, to Big Note himself. They are exceptional friends. It's a touching story, actually, what they've done. And without Robert, Jared wouldn't have been the person he is. And I'm sure there's going to be five or six or a dozen stories about someone who Jared's touched in the last 15, 20 years mm. come to light in five or 10 years when they you know, become scientists or become golfers or yep. become whatever it is in the world and Jared's helped them along. If I can give you one more story that I know is moving a lot of people, the young girl in Victoria, Keely Marks, 14 years of age, the captain of the Victorian secondary schools team that's playing in Bonville in the Australian Championships next week. She's taken it single-handedly to raise thousands and thousands of dollars at her club, which is Heritage, um, through her school, the Yarra Valley Grammar, on their own social media channels. And the Victorian team's going to be sporting all yellow and Luke the Duckhead covers on their gear next week at Bonville. And Keely and her boys' counterpart, Jasper Stubbs, are going to address all the players with the blessing of the host New South Wales team. They're going to address all the players about what Jared was and who he stood to be and, and his influence on the Australian golf community as, a, as part of the opening ceremony. You know, that's unbelievable. 14-year-old yeah, girl um, leading the charge. And I, I just It doesn't stop. The, yeah. the stories don't stop. And I'm sure, without giving away too much, that we'll see a lot more in the main Australian tournaments this summer. Yep, let's let's keep them coming. Let's keep the great stories like that one coming in Jared's memory. There is a photo of Jared that uh, is one of the greatest photos I've ever seen. It was taken in 2013. Hazy, you'll know the one I'm talking about. Royal Melbourne Golf Club, Jared's daughter Lucy, oh, running up. I was there. I was on the tee watching that, yes. Just before his, uh, his comeback. It is one of the great photos of mm. all time. You know the one yeah, I'm talking about? I absolutely do. Um, that, that whole day just still so emotional for everyone who saw it and a name that Larry in particular will know very well Andrew Langford Jones um, can't think about that day without a tear coming into his eye and mm. he's a pretty hard ass so I know um, Langford <laughs> Jones really well well and you were talking about Robert Allenby and you didn't get on <laughs> Langers um, yeah, just give us a drop mate just let me drop over there no <laughs> Langers gave 
Jared the chance to play in any group that he wanted on his comeback at the 2013 Australian Masters at Royal Melbourne. And Jared said, I don't care, mate. I just want to you know, get out there and try and get around and survive, literally. And um, he said, I'm going to put you with Brendan DeJong and I'm going to put you with Jeff Ogilvy. And you're going to be in the marquee afternoon group on Thursday. You know, lump in the throat for everyone mm-hmm. at that stage. But when he walked to the tee, there was not a dry eye in oh, the house. Was, I've, never heard, I've never heard that many men sniff. As, and when he yeah. walked, it was just, everyone was in that, tears. Including really Jared, apparently, he, uh, Mark. Yeah, couldn't see his ball. Yeah, Barry, yeah. When he did yep. it, literally did, had no idea where the ball went. And on an interview later, he said he hit it down the middle, which is complete crap because he hit it up the left. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it was on the fairway, a little hybrid hit. <laughs> he literally couldn't see the ball. Mm. And, you know, if you see his shoulders sort of slump after he hit it, like the relief yep, and the yep. tension to get to that point. And the, the photos with Lucy and Bryonia, uh, they're etched in Australian mm. folklore mm. and golf, golf circles anyhow. So, yeah. you know... Yeah, they're, they're quite remarkable. Well, I, I say to anyone listening to this who loves their golf, check out one of those photos of, of Jared on that day with his little girls. And if that doesn't inspire you to do something in his memory, however little or insignificant it may seem, anything at all, if that doesn't inspire you to do something, no, I don't think anything else will. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's amazing things going on, Steve, that I haven't even mentioned. There's, there's Axdale Golf Club near, you know, in the central Victoria, near Bendigo. They've burnt things in their grass to honour Jared, you know, oh, okay. a little sort of like a symbol in the grass. And there's clubs have put out their drivers after their rounds on Saturday, just all lined up against the mm. practice putting green fences and things like that in honour of him. And, you know, the, the fundraising, whether it's five cents or $5,000, is just mm. extraordinary from all aspects of the Australian golf community. Mm. It, it, you don't want to have something like this happen to sort of spark things, but the mm. wave of good, well, I don't know what the word is, but the the well, goodwill, isn't it? It's incredible goodwill. Word. Yeah. Thank you. Goodwill. The wave of goodwill is arguably bigger than anything I've seen in Australian sport. Mm. I, I was trying to compare what it might be like and with someone the other day, and I think, you know, there's no need to compare, but it's it's still Hughes-esque. It might even be more. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know that, that's a once-a-generation, if yep. not longer thing, so it's incredible. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep it going for as long as we can. Mark, thank you for your time. We uh, we know you've got to get away. You've got your own podcast to do. What What's it called? <laughs> Tangled Up in the Ropes or something, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if you look, Steve. If you actually look just at the top of the rankings on uh, all the podcast apps, that you'll probably find it up there. Yeah, oh, up yeah. That, oh, that end. I'm not, I'll never look up there. Yeah, it's up, up that end. <laughs> now, look, I've got to, before you let me go, guys. I've got to just, just have a. You know, I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, yeah, here we go. Pick away. Well, on one of the last couple of uh, episodes of Backspin, I noticed that you guys um, gave Larry. You, know, you might have been pushed, Steve, by the way, but a fair bit of head wobble time about his selection of um, Molinari at Canusti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that you've been, you know, you, you pander mercilessly to Richard Fellner, the, the boss, the editor. Yeah, it's, of it's in Fels. our contract. <laughs> Fel, it's but called noticed, Fellner time. <laughs> I noticed you gave him absolutely nothing for picking Brooks Kepka under duress at the US Open. <laughs> He's American. He doesn't count, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just want to make sure you know that you know you guys know that there are plenty of people listening, and you know I think equal equal time and equal opportunity, Larry. That's all we're asking for. Hazy, thanks, Hazy, man. thanks for pointing that out. It could be some time before you're invited back. Yeah, though. you're breaking up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks Good again. See you, Mark. See you, mate. Mark Hayes there, media manager for Golf Australia. And uh, Hazy talked about a few of the, the, the funds that uh, are available for you to help out the Lyle family with. If you want to get more information on any of them, uh, Challenge, you can go to challenge.org.au. Uh, there is a GoFundMe page, uh, www.gofundme.com forward slash Jared Lyle's Girls. And uh, there's Jared Lyle Day, which is another GoFundMe page as well. So you can get uh, information at any of those pages. But probably the best place to start is that uh, challenge.org.au. Thanks to Inside Golf, this is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. There's a famous quote from the late cricketing great Keith Miller. It comes from an interview he did with Michael Parkinson. And he was asked about the pressure of playing test cricket. Now, Miller had served in World War II flying missions in a mosquito fighter bomber deep into enemy German territory. Miller said when someone asked him about pressure, his response was always, pressure? I'll tell you what pressure is. Pressure is a Messerschmitt up your ass. <laughs> Playing cricket 
is not. <laughs> now, when it comes to the world of professional golf and the idea of standing over a pressure putt or the pressure of the final round, Damien Jordan's story stands out as just as unique as that of Keith Miller in cricket. After serving his country during two tours of duty in Iraq, serving in the 2nd Battalion of the Royal Australian Regiment, Damien returned to civilian life in 2007. He'd been a promising junior golfer before his army career and with plenty of hard work, worked his way into the professional ranks. He joins us on Backspin now. Damien, welcome. Well, hello, boys. How you going, Larry and Steve? G'day, Damien. Mate, um, look, congratulations and commiserations, I guess, on, on um, the, the recent Northern Territory PGA Championship. You're two shots shy of, of, uh, of a runaway Danny Nisbet. I was watching that scoreboard uh, from my home. Coming down the stretch, you were, you were in the lead, I think, with four holes to play. Can you talk us through the last couple of holes there? Yeah, well, I could see Dan in front of me. He was really going for it, and he birdied um, four in a row there. I think he birdied 13, 14, 15, 16, so... Yeah, it's, he's hard to stop when he gets on a tear like that, is he? you just got to uh, hang on and uh, hope you make a mistake. But uh, like his New Zealand form this year, he uh, yeah, just went silly out there. So it's, it's hard to stop someone doing some of that. you just got to concentrate on your own game. And, uh, mate, I was more than happy to uh, finish runner-up, mate, when someone plays that well. And your own game, Damien, it's in pretty good shape. Obviously, this year's been a pretty good year for you. You won the Victorian PGA last year. You're obviously a winner now on the tour, so where to next, Damien? What's, uh, you're obviously playing the Australian Tour for the rest of this year? Yeah, I'm playing the Australian Tour for the rest of this season. I'm uh, actually playing the uh, PGT Asia at the moment, that tour over there, so it's not too bad. It, it's different. It's, it's, um, you're playing more four-round events over there, week in, week out, which, which is a lot better than playing pro-ams, which are one and two days here and there, so I'm really enjoying it at the moment, and yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, definitely helped my game at the moment. So. Excellent. Damien, can I go back to that um, the idea of pressure that I mentioned in the introduction to the interview uh, today and what Keith Miller had to say. As someone who served in the, the armed services, in the armed forces, uh, two tours to Iraq, does that make sense? Does that make even more sense to you uh, as someone who's had the experience in life that you have? Oh, absolutely. You know, I know like coming down the stretch uh, when I won a big PGA, at the end of the day, I know it's only a game of golf. At the end of the day, I've been in well well and truly harder positions and situations that and at the end of the day at least I'm, I'm home I'm in a safe place and you know I know I'm going to get home to see my wife and kids at the end of the day and you know, that gets you through a lot because I mean there's a lot of times when you're over there you don't know if you're going to get out and when you do you're, you're thankful that we live in such a great country that we that we've got let's go back before your uh, your time in in the the forces let's go back to when you were a junior um you're a pretty promising player is that right yeah I played for a little while I um Probably wasn't in the right headspace then. I was kind of a pretty angry teenager, so um, throwing a lot of clubs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think the army definitely um, got that out of me and you know showed me what it was like to uh, actually be being responsible for your own actions and um, do the right thing. So mm. it definitely worked for me. And that idea you also mentioned of perspective as well, the fact that we do live in the, we, we often hear the, the phrase, the lucky country, but being through what you went through uh, with your time in the forces, you really, it reinforces that and gives you a, a whole different perspective on things that you probably didn't have when you were a, a junior player. Oh, absolutely. It makes you appreciate what you got. And, and that's why, you know, people before me fought for this great country. And, you know, a lot of them paid, paid the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, that's... That's why you do it, because other people have done it, so why should you be any different? So that's one of the reasons I put my hand up, so, yeah. Do you remember the first time you were... You had a putt or a shot uh, in your professional career that was very, very important, and and how you thought your way through that. I mean, you, we've just talked about the, the what the reality of what real pressure is. But was it was it making a cut? Was it uh, winning a, a you know your first pro am or something? Do you remember that? Yeah, well, when I uh, won the Vic PJ last year, I had a putt. Uh, I probably hit it a bit bit short of where I wanted, and it was a little slider, probably six foot left to right down the hill on the last at um, Huntingdale, which is a you know, it's a pretty tough little putt. Mm-hmm. And I said to McCaddy, I said, you know, we've got to make this. He said, well, you haven't missed one all week, mate, so why start now? And, you know, just little things like that, and, you know, it gives you the strength to believe in yourself as well, which which is half the battle out there. So, yeah, that's what I that's what I took out of it. So that's an advantage. I mean, over... It is, definitely. Yeah, yeah something I never, I never had. I mean, the... Most conflict I faced was I lost two fights at Warwick High, and then I tried to play the two, and I was terrified of having that that same putt. I would have fallen over. Would have fallen on top of the golf ball. When you were a uh, a junior player, there was another young bloke who apparently, uh, in our research, we found out you were born a month apart. Uh, he was a pretty handy player, a bloke named Adam Scott. Did you, you used to come up against Scotty back then? Yeah, he was. Uh, I remember when he was playing events and stuff like that. Um, you just had you just watched it all. How good he was then, and you just have to look at his form. You know, last week in the PGA, he's still got it like there's no tomorrow. It's just a matter of 
having that good week and getting up there. So he's a good he's a good bloke too, Damien, isn't he? Oh, he's a great ambassador, mate. He's, yeah. He does a lot. He does a lot of work for um, golf in Australia that mm. a lot of people don't realise. Yeah, so yeah. Um, a lot for juniors as well and charities. So are you doing yeah. anything with other vets these days? Is that part of uh, what you wanted to do when you got back into golf? Um, I haven't done much with that. I talked to a lot of a lot of the blokes that I served with. We all chat amongst ourselves and, and talk to each other like that and get each other through and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's that's the big thing for us. You know, it's, it's hard to talk to someone else that hasn't been through it. And when you venture the guys that you serve with, it, you know, at least they know where you're coming from and they were there with you. It's just helping each other through it because, you know, there's a lot of blokes that, that I know that have come back that, you know, have, have, haven't had the uh, opportunities I've have and, mm. and uh, have taken their own lives and stuff like that. And that's one of the biggest killers at the moment for, for return service. But, mm. you know, it's not just... Not just getting through; it's getting home and surviving. That's that's the big thing. Yeah, yeah it, it's a massive uh, it's a massive issue. Is there anything uh, that that we can do as a community to, to help them get through? Possibly. Yeah, I, I think I think there is. There's a lot, there's a lot the government could do in, in uh, having programs for blokes for that transition from deployments and out of the army back into civilian life because that's the hardest thing. Because it's you know you're all go uh, when you're in there and you're forever training and you know, when you get out, you know you just you lost for a while. I know I was. You know, you don't, you don't, you've got all these qualifications and, and you can't do nothing. The, the best you can probably pick up is, especially for me, being an infantry soldier, the best you can probably pick up spar work or security work. And, you know, after where you've been, you're not really in the mental space to be mm. to be doing stuff like that because, you know, you obviously your, your trigger is a bit higher than everyone else's mm. in there and mm. it takes you to get from, you know, yeah, it, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. But I, I do think they need to start at a, a government level because, what we've got at the moment, it's not really working. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope that that uh, one day that recognition of exactly what you're talking about, because we do hear that time and time again. So you would hope that the government, more than anyone, would uh, get off their ear ends and, and do something about it. And let's hope that with continued focus on the difficulties, on the issues, that that will happen sooner rather than later. What about the future for you? Have you got an ultimate golf dream, Damien? Mate, at the moment, um, not really. I'm just uh, enjoying playing well at the moment. I've got... Uh a young family at the moment and we've got a, a beautiful house so most of the money that I'm making just going to the house living the Australian dream pretty much at the moment so that, that's that's where I'm at if, if for some chance I've you know managed to get a big sponsor to go somewhere I, you know I'll happily do it but uh, at the moment I'm just enjoying playing golf and enjoying you know life as it is at the moment Yep, and it doesn't get much better than that. And listen, speaking of sponsors, Larry, Larry always likes to get Srixon's name into the into the show somewhere, and uh, you would too because they're they're great supporters of yours too. What model irons have we got, Damien? What what type? Uh, I've got the uh, the seven four fives. I never never moved to the oh, okay. um, seven six fives, but the new ones, uh, all the new gear for us comes out in September this year. Oh, but, yeah, um, yes, yeah, Strixon have been unbelievable to me, and they've really showed loyalty to me and. Mm. And that's why I haven't changed since I've been a professional. It's been fantastic to me. It is a very loyal company, in all seriousness. So they are, they, they're great supporters of junior golf in Australia. And, and it's a are, fantastic definitely. part of beauty. And how good's the golf ball? Yeah, well, we've got a new ball coming out as well. I, I spoke to uh, Ernie Elds in Fiji, just gone to Fiji International. He said it's the best ball he's used in his career. So if someone like mm, Ernie Elds yep. is saying something like that, it's got to be got to be pretty Yeah, he's special. telling another player. He's not telling. He's not doing an ad. Yeah, no, that's what he told me. He, he said, mm, you know, mm. go and take a couple if you want. Uh, so you took five good. dozen? No, I didn't take any. I didn't, <laughs> took I, his clubs I, and he dropped I didn't want to, uh, if, I lost, if I lost the couple he gave me, I was back to using the old ball. So. <laughs> You know, it sounds like you're in a great place, Damien. So, well, you know, good luck. No one deserves success more on that tour than you no, do. I appreciate it. You know, they say, they say, happy wife, happy life, mate. And that, that's, there it that's is. definitely worked for me. There mate. it I've got is. A good one behind me, and that's <laughs> made the difference. Good, good on you, mate. I never thought I'd meet anyone who loves Srixen as much as, <laughs> as Larry, but you can, I've got to say, you come pretty close just from yeah. hearing you talk. Good on you, mate. Continued best wishes for the future. Hope it all goes well for you, mate. Take care, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Damien. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks to Inside Golf, this is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Zexio Golf Clubs, let's talk about them, Larry. You may not know the name, XXIO, but these clubs are made for golfers. Made lightweight and they're meant to be easy to swing. That's what the mantra of Zexio is all about. Yeah, Steve, and I've got a, been using a driver. And I find exactly that, just as exactly like I said, easier to swing, get the ball out of the centre more often. Not for tour swing speeds, for your average for player. For me, for you, yes, and Andrew. You know, 95 miles per hour or less, what's yep. that in kilometres? 
Uh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. But what you should do, if you're looking for a new uh, new whole set or the drivers are we talking about, what do you think? Oh, the whole set. The whole yeah, set. Yeah. Check out Zexio before you make a decision on your new set of clubs. Under the same umbrella as Srixen and Cleveland Golf, uh, number one club in Japan for 18 years, number one in Korea as well. They are premium made from the best unique titanium. That's all they use in the Zexio clubs. The shaft has the lowest resin and highest graphite content. And uh, they use a laser to line up the grip to get great feel. Each grip is weighted and balanced to the shaft and head. I mean, they put so much thought into this. Yeah, there's no clubs made with with the precision that these, these clubs are made. It's like when they're making these clubs, it's like you and me putting this show together, the thought and precision that goes into it. Seriously, though, they put a lot more time into these golf clubs. They really do. It's all about the technology. But at the end of the day, it's about how you can play with your Zexio clubs. If you'd like to find out more about Zexio clubs, go to zexio.com.au. XXIO. XXIO. Zexio. XXIO. Don't get confused. Mm, With... Anything else, <laughs> xxio.com.au. Find a stockist at zexio.com.au. The Backspin Interview, thanks to Inside Golf. Larry, you're excited. In fact, you like a dog eating hot chips <laughs> from where I'm sitting. And I think I know why, because it's only three months before the start of the opening round of the 2018 ISPS Handa World Cup of Golf being played at the Metropolitan Golf Club in Melbourne starting Thursday the 22nd of November. Fantastic event, Stephen. I was there in 2016 when it was played at Kingston Heath and that was brilliant that year. The field includes 56 players from 28 countries. Uh, They're competing in two-man teams in both foursomes and four-ball events. Correct. Yep. And to tell us a bit more, let's welcome Robin Cooper, who is the Executive Director of the ISPS Handle World Cup of Golf. Robin, hello. Good morning. How are you both? Good, Robin. As we speak, you're right in the heart of Melbourne's Sandbelt Golf Courses, aren't you, at Cheltenham? What a beautiful place that must be. Is it, do you live there? Well, look, I live in Victoria, but um, I don't live far from the Sandbelt. Where, uh, where we're positioned at the moment, we're sort of, you know, probably equidistant to all the, uh, all the Sandbelt Courses, so it's Pretty pretty well placed at the moment, so it's good. Beautiful day in Melbourne, despite what uh, <laughs> we've yeah, got some good weather whatever, coming out. Whatever. Way. <laughs> There's more to life than the weather, Robin. Robin, you you must be getting pretty excited as executive director of this event because the player uh, player announcement isn't that far away. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's sort of looming at the moment, so a lot of our team internationally are talking at, at each of the events to to the various players, whether you know the European Tour, you know the PGA Tour, just talking to the players to sort of sound out their interest, keeping an eye very closely on what the the placings are, and uh, we'll have our um, country announcement uh, September three. And then we'll have our first player announcement September 21. Actually, we'll have both players announced. So, yeah, so it's not far away. And um, and we've got a great amount of interest at this stage, I've got to say. I, I think, Robin, um, I've been a pro long enough to remember the World Cup being played in all sorts of different formats. Usually just 18 holes of stroke play, four rounds, and then combine the scores. But over the years, it, it, I don't think it's ever had the attention that it's got now. And I think the new format, and I think you'd agree, is... Uh, being the foursomes and the four-ball alternate days, has really captured yeah. where golf is kind of heading, isn't it? Because there's been some changes. There's some events in, in Europe, the, the the World Super Sixes in Perth, um, you know, the the, yeah. the, uh, the Zurich Classic in America, they play that. Uh, that's a team event. Cam Smith won that. So the team event type format in golf is really taking off, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, absolutely think so. I think, you know, golf's evolving. And I think uh, this format is a great opportunity for the players, you know, to play together. You know the top-ranked player as of you know the, the September um, four, he gets a chance to you know pick his partner, and I think that's a really appealing concept as well. And I mean this event's truly nation versus nation, so you know the opportunity for Australia to take on the world is something that we're really excited about. You know Australia always does really well, and you know it's a very rare opportunity, a unique opportunity, and I think that's what makes this this event particularly special. You talk about that the leading player in the world rankings chooses his partner. There's there's, yes. a, there's a bit of a battle on for the Australian. Uh, apparently, Jason <laughs> Jason Day I read is is going to have a he keeps having babies right before the Australian tour. I don't I know, know why they picked that, but it looks like yeah, he what a, <laughs> he may not be available. Yeah. But that does, I mean, look, we've still got Adam Scott right. and Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith, and there's a bit of a battle apparently between there is a battle. Adam Scott yeah. and Cam Smith to see who might be Leishman's partner. 
No, the, the Australian uh, the Australian teams have you know great interest at the moment, and um, we've obviously spoken to all of, all the guys. It's certainly great interest to, to represent Australia and come back home. So um, yeah, we'll watch closely over the next two or three weeks. Robin, tell me about Dr. Hander because this event is sponsored by yeah, ISPS yeah. Uh, Hander as the, the major sponsors of the uh, the World Cup this year. Dr. Hander uh, is an interesting character. Can you fill us in on a bit more of the detail about who he is and, and why he's so passionate, it would seem, about um, not only golf but sport in general? Yeah, sure. No, he's a huge supporter of, um, of golf and, um, and blind and disabled golf is the, the charity behind he, uh, he actually played with a, um, a golfer, a blind golfer once, and, and that's really inspired him to, you know, um, put a lot of, I guess, investment back into golf and, and in the support of blind and disabled golf with a vision that it might become part of the, the Paralympics moving forward. So, you know, we're very supportive and appreciative down here in Australia because Panda does support all the tours, the Golf Australia, PGI Australia, and obviously with our events here too. So uh, one thing that we will be doing as part of this event is holding a... Uh, blind and dis- or not blind, but an all abilities golf tournament that'll be um, sort of on the sa- on two days of the uh, of the actual tournament. We're just working through the specifics, but we're looking internationally at sort of leading leading golfers with you know all abilities to come out and and uh, be invited to play in a tournament. So that's something that we're really excited about, and we think will be really unique as well. So so yeah, so he'll uh, it's, a, it's certainly a great um, a great charity and and something that's really put, um, you know, blind and disabled golf, I guess, onto the uh, onto the radar with a vision to the Olympics moving forward. He's a bit of a character, Robin. No, I don't know whether you know this, but I, I, I'm a senior. <laughs> I played the senior tour a few years ago, a couple of years ago, and we played in New Zealand once, and he was um, part of a sponsorship of the New Zealand PGA, I think it was. Yes. And um, he was he up on the stage yeah. being, being interviewed, and suddenly he just burst into song. He just started yes. singing. And it was he was yes, pretty he, handy at it. Well, handy. Yes, well... <laughs> <laughs> And and would you believe in 2013 he did the same thing at the uh, the World Cup of Golf at Royal <laughs> Melbourne? So he uh, and he supports um, he supports opera strongly in in Australia as well. So he certainly gives back to the community and um, and as I say, certainly from a golf perspective, you know we are very appreciative and mm. um, you know and certainly the endeavours you know that he's he's looking to uh, to. Um, to, to sort of succeed in. So, yeah, no, he's an interesting character, that's for sure. He's, he's also written over, two, or he's written 220 books, apparently. Did you know Is that, he? Larry? Yeah, so he, <laughs> he's... right, 220? He, just... He's written 219 more than you <laughs> yeah. and, 200, and 220 more than me. How can you write can you get that time? Fascinating bloke, he really is. Robin, uh, a few details, tickets, that sort of thing. Uh, what's the what's the best way to go about being there yeah. for the for the event? Well, we would, um, you know, gates open from Wednesday, so Pro-Am Day. We've got um, tickets on sale through worldcupofgolf.com. Uh, ticket prices start from $20, uh, so very affordable. Kids under 16 are free. Uh, very keen to engage all the uh, international communities to come along and support the you know, support the country. You know, from from our perspective, you know, the thing that's really exciting, I think, is having. You know, we've got these top golfers from around the world, from across the globe, but also these emerging countries as well. You know, you sort mm. of look at China and, um, you know, uh, India and things like that. And those teams, I think, there's a, a great opportunity. But I know that they welcome as much support as they can from the the international communities that we have in you know Australia and and across Melbourne. So love everyone to come along and take a look. We've got some great. Um, initiatives and activities on site as well with our village and um, it's, it's really going to be a great event. We just need this Melbourne weather to stay like it is mm. today and, and we'll be right, you know, which I'm sure is, is going to happen. Yeah, good luck with that one, Robin. <laughs> hey, on the other yeah. Robin. Hey. <laughs> you keep talking it up there. <laughs> yeah. Robin, I think it's... telling yourself that. I think it's going to be a fantastic event. We're really looking forward to it, as I'm sure you are. Um, but uh, listen, keep in touch. We'll probably talk with you again, hopefully, before the event, yes. once uh, the, the player do. announcement's been done and that sort of thing. But Definitely. Thank you for That'd your time today. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks for the call. Thanks, Robin. Bye. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Bye-bye. He's only here to help the world play better golf. So settle back and enjoy this tasty tip from Larry Canning on Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. Yeah, people love your tips, Larry. They really do. And as a result, there are lots of people out there listening who are playing better golf, much better golf, in fact. I just, I just want to make the world, you know, be better golfers. I know. That's all I know I'm you here do. for, mate. I know you do. But once they get to the green a lot of the time, things all fall apart. Absolutely. Now, I believe, Stephen, that the most putts are missed because the speed is incorrect. Now, the speed of a putt... Um, determines how if unless you have a dead straight putt and and you get one of those every couple of months, um, it's going to curve a little way this or a little way that way. You have if the speed is wrong, 
the ball won't curve the amount that you're allowing for and you'll miss the putt. So speed's critical. Now, two factors with speed. I believe that unless the ball is rolling end over end correctly, if, if there's a little bit of a wobble, if there's a bit of side spin, that will affect how far the ball goes. Particularly, let, let's assume that you've got a right to left putt, Steve. It's breaking from right to left. If your putts are spinning a little bit left to right as you hit them, that will slow the ball down. Whereas if you've got a left to right putt and, the, and you're still with the same spin, you're spinning it left to right, it'll go way further. Right. So the best way is to get the ball rolling end over end. How do you find that out? Good question, Stephen. You get a range ball. A Strixon range ball, for example, have stripes going straight down the middle of the ball. Put the stripes straight up, up on top, and then just, just find a straight bit of green, hit the putt and see if the lines stay on top of the ball as it rolls. If they don't, you've got an alignment thing. So just get someone to check whether your shoulders are open or your grip's wrong or the face of the putter's wrong. Get that right and get the ball rolling end over end. So is that one of those things that you get yourself in the habit of doing it one way or the other? Or, you know, you, you just instinctively, you just get up and hit the ball and it's going to... Most people don't align themselves correctly in terms of getting everything parallel. Forearms, shoulders, putter, putter face, feet. It doesn't have to be precise, but... You need to have the putter moving on the right path. And if you if you get a little bit off, if you're cutting across it or hooking it a little bit, uh, it's usually because your alignment's not right. Okay. So get someone to check that for you. Next thing, Stephen, and it's, I th- it's part of a really good pre-shot routine in putting, I think, is to have a practice swing and look at the hole as you're having a practice swing. Don't look at the ball or the ground. Look at the hole and imagine that you are hitting the ball that exact distance. At the perfect speed should go one foot past the hole. And that was that was um, told to me by I don't know who told me that, but it was it seemed right, so I'm going to go with it. It was Buncey who pushed. It was the Andrew Bunce. Yeah. Yes, yes, the um, Buncey the button pusher. You call him. I call him executive director. Never played producer. golf in his life, and uh, he's got tips like that for you, an old pro. Uh, Davis Love used to do this uh, famously, Stephen, when he was uh, at the peak of his game some 15 years ago or so. He'd look at the hole and, and, and have a practice putt. You can actually hit balls on the practice green looking at the hole. It's another good way to, to practice your speed. Right. So number one, get the ball rolling end over end properly, and it's not that hard to do. And number two, make sure you get a good feel of how far you need to swing the putter back and through by looking at the hole. As if you're throwing a ball to a hole. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have a practice swing looking down at the ground. You'd look at the, where you're throwing the ball to. And yeah. In theory, putting's pretty straightforward, isn't it? It's pretty, oh, it should it, be, it, mate, shouldn't it? It should be easy. It should be. We, we overcomplicate it, How bad are we at it? <laughs> oh, God, I'm a terrible putter now. Now, uh, that's your Always, tip. Actually. Hopefully, it'll work for people. Fingers crossed. Let's see how we go. But it's time for you to have a bit of a spit and unload a bit more of that vitriol that you've been spraying around the studio. The FedEx Cup, it's one of those things that you just love to hate, isn't I, it? I, I don't get it, Stephen. I don't understand why multi-millionaires... Play for multi-millions. Well, just explain, for the people who haven't heard you talking about it before or don't know what it's about, what, what is it? What is the FedEx Cup? Well, it's, 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 it's a, it's a four-round event. that They call it the Playoff Series. At the, the end of the year, they add up all your points throughout the year, and the top 125 on that list play these four golf tournaments. I think each one's worth $9 million or $10 million. Um, each, each, after each tournament, the field gets chopped. So the 125 start... Uh, I think it's 90, 70 and maybe 30. I, I actually don't have that formula in front of me, but it's it, the, the last event yes. of the four is only 30 players in it. Right. And they're competing for how much? Nine million. Nine million dollars. Now, over the four rounds, the guy who wins over the four rounds gets $10 million, Stephen. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got, you've got an issue with that, number one. But the other thing is that you have an issue with that you were telling me is the timing. What else is going on at the same time? Well, the web.com tour series, uh, which is which is the the secondary tour, of course. That's that, that's how you get onto the PGA yeah. tour through this, and they play four rounds, uh, and that determines who gets a job on that tour next year. Who who is a PGA tour player next year? A lot of guys that didn't keep their cards are playing in this. So there are there are 150 players in that field, and I find this far more interesting, far more fascinating because they're not playing just for dollars for that week. They're playing for for their job for the following year. And the pressure that's on them is extreme. There are 25 that play the web.com every tour, every year, that get a, a card. The top 25 playing the web.com uh, just get their card automatically. Yep. They, they, they play in this, these four series events so they can try and will win money uh, and also improve their position. 
So outside of those 25, there's 125 guys out there just trying to get a tour card. Unfortunately, we didn't have any Australians get through the top 25 on the web.com. So they're all, we've got something like 10 or 11 Aussies in the field in this web.com tour series. And they'll be, like I said, they'll be playing for their future for next year. Um, and, and probably, oh, I don't know, they're probably half the field in this event could go on the tour, the, the, the big tour next year and win. You know, it's probably nearly all of them, I suppose. Anyway, Steve, I'll be watching that on TV. I'll be watching the tour, the web.com tour series, um, those four events with much more interest than I'll, than I'll be one. You know, I won't even watch the, the FedEx Cup. I just think it's a complete, you know, waste of money thrown at people that have already got it. So you're going to be watching the web.com Absolutely. events. Absolutely. be fantastic watching And while you're sitting there watching them, you're going to be cranky about the FedEx Cup. I can sit, I can sit crankily. I've yeah. done it a few times, yeah. So you'll have your sulky face on and your yeah. arms crossed. Absolutely. Yeah. Remote in my hand, squeezing a little bit tighter than I should because we know that grip pressure on your remote isn't good, Steve, for, for your, you know, your shoulder turn and stuff. Anyhow, uh, that's Larry's spit. I'm not sure oh, what it was Steve, about. I hope, I, hope it, I hope it's clear to you. Don't I know wa- there's one thing he doesn't like, there's one thing he does like, but anyhow. Can, can I just finish Yeah, the of course spit? you can. You can do whatever you want. There's a Phil Mickelson Tiger Woods match that oh. they're talking about. Yes, Winner take all, I think it's $9 million. Yeah. It's on um, next year. Is it American Independence Day or Thanksgiving Day they're going to do it? Yeah. Um, what do you make of that? Well, what do I make of that? Who cares? Absolutely. Don't they? Don't these blokes play pretty much every week? How much money is, is over in that country? Yeah, I mean, that's, Jesus. That's just oh, nonsense. Sorry, I nearly blasphemed. Yeah, that's nonsense. Well, yeah, thank you. Well, that's good that you agree with me then, that's too. So, no FedEx Cup, guys. Give the money to something else, and Tiger and Phil don't do it. Yep, no FedEx Cup, no Tiger v Phil. Um, what else? Anything else while you're here? We might as well make a list of the things that Larry <laughs> wants out of the game altogether. That'll save us a bit of vitriol in the future. Larry, thank you for your time a once again. Pleasure to just, um, to spit not next to my friend Stephen you and Andy too. People may notice that we didn't have a uh, product this time round, but mm-hmm. we've got one up our sleeves. We're going yes. to talk about it next time. Yep. It's actually something we've spoken about before, but yes. we're going to talk we're about. We're going it to talk to the guy who founded the company. Yeah, a bit more detail. Ian Edwards and M- MGI. MGI. Yep. Uh, those buggies. Yes, electric buggies. Yeah, yeah how good yeah. are they? Ian's a champion. Too. And we're going to talk about Cape Shank. We didn't do a destination this time, but next time in Backspin, talking about Cape Shank Resort in Victoria on the Mornington Peninsula. Mm-hmm. What a superb place. Oh, it's just designed for golf courses, that place, Cape. Uh, the, 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 the whole Mornington Peninsula is well, fantastic. The, 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 the topography of that place yeah. was built for golf courses, too. And one of them is Cape Shank Resort. We'll talk about that next time in Backspin. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen.